0: So we're looking at Ruth, the book of Ruth, and although it's named after her, it's Naomi really that's the main, I would say, a character that you see the whole way through from beginning to end. And it's a story of loyalty and love, redemption, restoration, and it's also a story about contentment and coming home. Now I'd say the concept of home is quite deep within it, all of us. We have it from a really young age, don't we? If you find a child that's really distressed, what are the sort of things they'd say? They'd say, I want my mum, that comes up, followed by, I want to go home. And I know for my children, when they're really distressed, that's something they want to say, I need to go home now, mum. And home can be about landscapes, it can be about sounds and smells, But it's different for all of us. For lots of us, it will be that notion of where we were born. Um, But then we also have that English saying, don't we? Home is where the heart is. Um, And there's something about uh, the emotional attachments we have to a place that we called home. And that's why some people say home is a feeling, not a place. And we might know what it's like to feel homesick. It's something we experience, that desire. We feel insecure, maybe, or like we don't fit in a place. And home can be that place that's safe. Um, And for some people, our home home, as in a brick home, isn't a safe place. But there'll be other places that we perhaps call home because the feelings that we have there are of safety, of security, of being wanted, I guess, and to be ourselves. In the Bible, we have Jesus saying, my father's house has many rooms, as in there's a home for everyone. And we see again and again, Jesus telling parables like the good Samaritan, all the lost sheep, all about the father welcoming us home or inviting us to come home or seeking us to bring us home. The story that we've had opens with a family leaving their home and then returning home. And this all happens in those first six verses. It's the setting that we're given. We're given a a picture of a family that go uh, to avoid something that And then they come home. And when Naomi comes home, or pleasant, she doesn't come home as we might sometimes go home to say, oh, I went traveling and this happened and this happened. I just want to share that with you. But she comes home very much in that sense of bitterness and grief. And I think perhaps maybe reluctantly as well. Maybe she's angry and she's tearful. And we might be able to identify that a time when we've had to return to a place that we associate with home because we need to go home. We need that security. We need that place of acceptance. And the book of Ruth is sort of you can really imagine that it's been handed down through the generations around the fireside. You can imagine in uh, oral traditions where stories are told. And when it's written down, it's, written, it's crafted beautifully. The person has really thought about what they're writing. If I can give you one illustration, the number of words in the introduction is 71. And the number of words in the conclusion... Is guess what? 71. And the book is perfectly symmetrical. If you put it together and you look at it carefully, you'll see how this book has been so immensely crafted by the writer. The setting is Judges, a time uh, between Joshua's death and the king's. It's a time that is violent, it's unstable uh, politically. Um, You've got tribal wars going on. You've got um, competing people for leadership within Israel. You've got um, constant battles happening. We've got one of those happens with Moab, the place where uh, Limelech and Naomi go. And they had ruled over them for 18 years, extracting taxes and suppressing them and oppressing them. The Moabites were the ones that didn't want to welcome them, sought to curse them. The Moabites um, are, yes, shall we say, not their friends. And it's here that we're told that the family go. And they're an old family. They're called, in the book, they're called Ephrathites. And I think what the writer's trying to show is that they've been there, you know, you know like when you call about old families, or they're a real old family here, as in they've lived there for generation upon generation upon generation. This is truly, the writer wants to let us know, this is really their home. This is not a passing fancy. This is not, oh, we've been, they've lived there one generation. No, they've generation after generation after generation, they've lived here. And they go for what they think is going to be temporary, a while, and they go and a response to the famine. And in Judges it says, In those days Israel had no king, and everyone did as they saw fit. And they see fit. There's no food here, but there's food there. And I'm not sure it would have been easy. If you imagine a country that you've been at war with, who has ruled over you, you don't probably go into that country lightly. There's going to be a lot of racism for a start and a lot of fear. And they go there. They go out of response to famine. Because at home, God's promise to provide and protect seems to have failed. And when we're struggling, we often ask, well, where is God? Like, Is God not here anymore? Am I just not hearing him? Does he not like me anymore? Uh, Why is this going wrong? And we can begin at that moment to look and say, okay, well, I'm not getting my need met here. So is there somewhere else I could get that need met? So the guy whose name literally means, my God is king, decides to go. To another kingdom. And so you can see how desperate they must be. And he wants it to be temporary. And we can often feel a little bit like that, that we're just doing something temporarily when life gets tough. But in that, they left their worshipping community, they left their place of security, their place of comfort, and To a sense, they walked away from God. When life is tough, the safest place is with God and his people. But it doesn't always feel that way. And we have to acknowledge that as Christians. We're not exempt from difficult times. We don't get a free pass into pleasant lands. Sometimes it is really tough. And this brief stay becomes long-term. eliminate wants to avoid suffering, but we know in life you can't avoid suffering. That's part of where we live. eliminate dies, and Naomi's left with two sons. And in that place, although they might have food, she's lost her faith community. She's lost the people that she would have grieved with. She's lost the family that would have gathered around her. Because now, she is hundreds of miles away. And at this point, Naomi could have gone home. But she doesn't. So it's not all him. You know, we could be tempted to say, oh, Eliminate made this decision. Naomi's just a victim of it all. But she doesn't choose to go home. In fact, she chooses to go further another route by marrying her sons to local me- local women. Sorry, I was <laughs> so confusing after that. <laughs> yeah. And she's thinking, I'm going to build a future like this. Maybe it's not all lost. Maybe I can still make this work. If I marry them off, then maybe we can build a family that will become big and strong, and we've got a future here. And she does that against a specific command and that is not to marry Moabite women and it's not because God doesn't love them or doesn't care about this people group it's because they are worshipping an entirely different God and the fear is that at that moment when you start aligning yourself with someone who is absolutely opposed to what you believe in you're on shaky ground aren't you And we see that in the New Testament as well, when Paul counsels people to marry people who share your faith. And that's not that um, we don't see really good marriages, and I do see really good marriages of people who have one partner who's uh, in Christian faith and one who isn't. That's not what I'm saying. But it is hard if you choose someone who is very against what you believe. And so that's what God is warning them against here. So they marry and they do 10 more years in Moab while Naomi's away. Perhaps she thinks if she went home, they um, might reject her. After all, now, not only has she gone and she feels maybe sad that her husband has died, but now they've got Moabite women as well. What are the neighbors going to say? What is the faith community going to think of her now that this has happened? lots of things stopping her going home now and 10 years later there's no grandchildren you'll notice her plan hasn't worked and there's more grief for Naomi now deep grief you can imagine she's lost then she's lost a hope of a future and now her sons die and we just think at this point could anything more happen to this poor woman And with nothing left, she she hears that home, her true home, God is on the move. He is blessing people. And I wonder if that moment she thinks, well, he doesn't seem to be blessing me, but maybe, just maybe, there might be something for me there. And so in the pit of grief, she makes that decision to go home. All that Moab promised has failed, And I don't know about you, but maybe there have been times, like me, when you've wondered, you've tried something else that might work instead of God. And it can be small things that we go to that we know don't work. Like when we're feeling sad, we might say, oh, I just don't want to see anyone. We know that doesn't work. Or we might say, I'm just going to block this out by watching TV. But again, it hasn't dealt with it. We need community. We need the spirit of God. We need to be in his presence with his people. The problem is when we feel rubbish, all we want to do is withdraw and try anything other than what we know we so desperately need. And so Moab's failed. Life has not been what Naomi thought it would be. It's been harsh. But she feels that desire now to go home. God says that we should love him with all our heart, our soul, and strength. And that means he wants us to be, number one, the first one that we go to every time. When we know that there are other things that would say, I can fix this for you quickly, there are Moabs for all of us. But the good news is that we can always go home. There is never a time where we can't go home. We might be embarrassed to go back. We might be uncertain about going back to house group or uncertain about committing to going back to the community of Christ. But there is always a home and it is always welcome. In Jesus' stories, he talks about how the feast is prepared. It's ready. The Father has no condemnation. He's going to rejoice over us with singing. He is ready to lavish good things on us. There is always a future when we go home. There is always hope when we go home. And for some people, maybe you haven't made it home yet. Maybe there's a thought, "Mm, I'm just not sure. But the home is waiting for everyone. And in this story, we see even a Moabite, the home is waiting. Because Naomi doesn't go on her own. She takes her daughter-in-laws with her. Two girls that have grown up worshipping in Moab, who maybe have been taught that the people over there aren't very nice, They don't worship our God. You shouldn't trust them. You probably shouldn't go there. They're probably not very nice people. And yet, because they have met Naomi, they've seen one person, one believer, and that's caused them to think, hmm, I wonder. And we can always go home when we wonder. So if you want to go home today if you like to go home and you can go home for all sorts of reasons a sense of um, you've never been home you don't know what it is you don't know what Christianity is you don't know what it's like uh, you don't know how it works you don't know who Jesus is then why not start by joining an Alpha course we'll have one here at the church you can sign up online you can make an inquiry and the Alpha course will be running it might be that Uh, you want to pray today God I don't really know anything about you but I want a future with you what I've been doing in life doesn't seem to be working but I've seen I've met some Christians and I've seen them in good times and I've seen them in bad times too and there seems to be something there that I want and so you can pray today, and we'll pray together at the end and if you're a believer there might be a sense today that you've been withdrawing, maybe from God. You haven't been going to him enough. Uh, Maybe you can't remember the last time you opened your Bible. Or maybe you can't remember the last time you were just quiet with him for a moment. Or maybe you've withdrawn from house grief and you think, "Mm, I don't really need it because I'm okay. I've got other people. Or maybe you're sitting at home today and... You thought, I'll go to church today, but then it became, "Mm, I'm not sure, I don't feel that great today. What if someone talks to me? What if I'm asked how I am? We need the community. We need to be worshipping and gathering together because that's the place where we receive comfort, prayer, support, love. And that's the place where we all say, Come on, God is good. He has been faithful, even if it's feeling a bit like, I don't know where he is right now. He is faithful. There is always a future. There is always hope. There is always something more. And we see that if you read the book of Ruth. Ruth uh, Naomi thinks that God is against her. But as the book works out, we see that God is for her. He is about restoration Restoring a future for each one of us. So let's pray together now. Dear yeah, Father, I thank you that you are our true home, you are our true place of security though we might look in many different places for that security and safety and acceptance, ultimately we know that we can find it in you. And Father, for those of us that are watching today or are here in the building that don't know what it is to come home to you, then we just pray a simple prayer. God, I don't know much about you but I want to know what it is to come home to you. So please speak to me today. And for those of us here who are feeling like we've drifted a little bit, maybe things have got in the way, life's been hard And maybe today we know that we need to be going home. And so we just pause now for a minute to allow the Holy Spirit to speak.